What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills did exactly what they should have done, and that is absolutely destroy the New Orleans Saints on Thursday night football. Also, I'm going to review the 2021 UB Bulls football season. All that in this episode, so stick around and let's have some fun. That's exactly what should have happened. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another video of Sports Talk Buffalo. After an absolutely embarrassing loss against the Indianapolis Colts, as they were completely dominated, the Buffalo Bills came out on Thursday night football on Thanksgiving and just completely did what they were supposed to do and wrecked the New Orleans Saints. Now, we start off defensively in this game as the Buffalo Bills completely took advantage of a tremendously banged up Saints team as the Saints were without their top two running backs in this game, and the Buffalo Bills defense did not relent. They gave up just 190 yards of total offense in this game, and the defense was able to get penetration all game long which is something that we have not seen very much of this season, and it is a welcome sight heading into a very important stretch for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills in this game got two sacks, six QB hits, and four tackles for loss in this game, further demonstrating the fact that they were just in the backfield and very disruptive all game long. They played a tremendous game on defense, as I think we all expected them to with them going up against a an inferior Saints offense. I think the most notable guys in this game, of course, were Ed Oliver and Mario Addison. I don't know if you could really pick anybody else. They jumped off of the screen to me as both guys were disruptive all game long. It seemed like every single play One of the two of them was in the backfield, and they combined for one and a half sacks, three tackles for loss, and three QB hits in this game. They were just complete animals all game long, and that's exactly what you want to see out of both of those guys and something that is going to need to continue to happen if the Buffalo Bills are going to make a real run going into the postseason. I think... It doesn't even really have to be said, but I gotta. Re- but I guess I gotta say it is the biggest thing coming out of this game wasn't that the Bills dominated, was that defensively Trey White got hurt in this game. He got hurt coming or into in the second quarter, I believe, early in this game, and he did not return for the rest of the game. Something that we should all monitor moving forward, and based on the reaction by Trey White it does not look like a very good injury, and it looks like Trey White could miss a considerable amount of time. And if that happens, the Buffalo Bills secondary is going to be in a lot of trouble moving forward. So that is something that we have to take away from this game. Yes, the Bills did dominate and won 31-6. However, if you lose potentially your best piece on the defense, which is your lockdown corner, it does not bode well for you going into probably the toughest stretch of games that you have this season. You move over to the offensive side of the ball, and yes, 
the Bills did win 31-6. to However, there were some hiccups in this game offensively. Josh Allen did throw two interceptions, including one interception in the red zone, thus ending his regular season streak of not throwing an interception in the red zone. He hadn't thrown a, an interception in the red zone in his regular season career, and that obviously ended that streak. And an area, another area of concern that I can take away from this game is the lack of production from the running backs in this game in terms of actually rushing the ball as Brita and Singletary combined for just 70 yards on 24 carries in this game. That is an absolutely pathetic 2.9 yards per carry for the Buffalo Bills run game in this game. In this game, they got a little bit of a boost from Josh Allen, who averaged over five yards per carry in this game, rushing the ball. However, if you want to look and take a positive away from this, you can take away the fact that the Buffalo Bills did not shy away from the run game at all in this one. As they gave their running backs 24 carries in this game, they continued to pound the rock. And that is something that you you can really take away from this as it tends to to open things up more so for Josh Allen. Yes, I know you want your your running backs to average at least four yards a carry. However, they did just enough to be able to keep the Saints defense on their toes enough to open things up for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Now, Allen responded in a way that we thought that he should respond after a pretty lackluster game against the Indianapolis Colts. And he went for uh, 23 of 28 for 260 yards, four touchdowns, and again, those two interceptions. He also added eight carries for 43 yards in this game, and he had a very strong performance, albeit he took a couple of really nasty hits in this game, something you really, really don't want to see because if Josh Allen goes down, the Buffalo Bills season is basically over. So that's something that you definitely need to keep an eye on and something you do not want Josh Allen to do as the season progresses. Now Josh Allen hit seven different receivers in this game. Everybody getting a taste in this game. His main target, of course, was Stephon Diggs, who had seven catches for 74 yards in this game and a touchdown. One of the other big contributors was Dawson Knox. He had three catches, and two of those were for touchdowns in this game. Overall, I think the Bills did exactly what anyone who has watched this team all year long did, and they beat up on a team that they should have beat up on. The Bills beat up on a very banged-up Saints team, an inferior team that was also banged up. And I think the Buffalo Bills did, like I said, exactly what they should have done and beat them up and beat them into oblivion in prime time on Thanksgiving. This gives them a little bit of confidence heading into next season, or next season, next game, which is against the New England Patriots at home. It is an absolutely monster game as the Patriots have now snuck up with the Buffalo Bills and are currently first in the AFC East, or they were first heading into this week in the AFC East. So something to definitely monitor. The Bills have a nice long time to prepare for the New England Patriots. They have a long week, so let's hope the Buffalo Bills can get in all the preparation that they need to face a very tough New England Patriots team. 
That's going to do it for this video, guys. Remember, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you guys never miss a video. I talk Bills, Sabres, and UB Bulls, men's basketball and football right here. Videos almost every single week on this page, guys. Thank you for watching. Have a fantastic week. Well, that was fucking disappointing. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another video of Sports Talk Buffalo. In 2020, the UB Bulls football team finished 6-1, and one, earning their third straight bowl game appearance, their second straight bowl game victory, and they were ranked in the AP Top 25 for the first time in program history. All things for the program seemed to be pointing up, trending in the right direction for the first time that this program has ever seen with Lance Leipold at the helm. He had been under contract for several more years after the 2020 season, and they even gave him a raise because of the fantastic job he was doing. Lance Leipold also was bringing in the best class in program history, the best recruiting class in program history. So all things seem to be pointing that the football program was heading in just an absolutely fantastic direction. However, very late in the offseason, Kansas University football offered Lance Leipold a contract in which he could not refuse more than doubling his salary. So Lance Leipold left, went to KU, and brought just an absolutely ton of talent with him from the University at Buffalo, leaving the Bulls program kind of scrambling as to how they were going to fill the void that Lance Leipold left. UB found its new head coach in Maurice Linguist. Linguist had been climbing the ladder in college ranks and professional ranks, mostly as a DB coach, and was viewed as one of the up-and-coming coaches in the football scene. He had most, like I said, he mostly most of his gigs were as DB coaches, and he, right before he took the job as university at Buffalo's head coach, he was going to go to the University of Michigan and be their co-defensive coordinator in 2021. He interviewed for the job with the University at Buffalo, and ultimately, he was the one that the university picked to be the to succeed Lance Leipold. With just over 100 days until the season, Linguist had a ton of work to do, which is hiring a full coaching staff and recruiting a bunch of players that had left in the transfer portal, whether it be with Lance Leipold or to other programs. Now, I had a lot of concerns when they hired Lance Leipold originally, I or Lance Leipold, when they hired Maurice Linguist originally. I wasn't the biggest fan of this hire, and I really believed that this was an absolutely crucial hire for the University at Buffalo as things were rolling, and this would have been the time that you were going to land big-time recruits to come to the university. You were getting lots of national attention. You were putting players in the NFL, and the program was really picking up steam. And I was kind of upset at the fact that they hired Maurice Linguist simply for the fact that I was not very impressed with his resume, having never even been a full-time coordinator at the Division I level, 
and having him jump from a defensive backs coach all the way to head coach in a single swoop was just, it just made me very weary about the hire. And even though a lot of people said that Lance or that that Maurice Linguist was going to be an absolute stud, we had guys predicting that the University at Buffalo would win eight games this season. When they hired him, I said that the Bulls would win tops four games because I was just not confident in Maurice Linguist and and the resume that he brought with him. And then, you know, everyone kind of talked to me into it, so I kind of backed off the four wins, and I said four to six wins because UB still did have a ton of talent left at the university from when Lance Leipold was here. So how did Maurice Linguist and the UB Bulls do in the first year head coach's first year? In my opinion, I thought they did terrible. UB finished just four and eight, ending the season on a dreadful four-game losing streak, and they seemingly looked worse game after game after game. And the coaching staff seemed like they were complete disarray. They didn't seem like they had any answers for the difficult problems that they were facing every single game. They looked completely outmatched. Mo routinely made questionable calls and in-game decisions, and maybe that is just him being a very inexperienced head coach, only time will tell. However, it was seemingly very simple things like when to call certain timeouts, when to potentially go for it and be aggressive, whether not to be aggressive and go for it. He just seemed to not really grasp the situational football that I would expect a head coach to grasp for a major Division I program. And the Bulls were very, very lucky to win four games this season. And why I say they're lucky, the Bulls had two games, which they won by one point, and they essentially would have either tied or lost these games, if not for a penalty late in the game by the opposing teams. One of the penalties against Old Dominion was a terrible, terrible penalty, ended up costing Old Dominion the game as the extra point was missed. And then somebody jumped off sides on a game in which Buffalo won 27-26 to 26, uh, with a, a late field goal. Just games like that, yes, you like to see them win these games and win close games. However, they just didn't look like they were getting better as the season progressed. They almost looked like they started to get worse. Now let's talk about the defense. Defensively, UB allowed 32 points per game to all of their FBS opponents. I took out the FCS game against Wagner simply because it's just not the same level of competition for the university, and I wanted to give a better measurement as to how they did against other FBS schools. So they gave up 32 points per game on defense to other FBS schools while allowing 445 yards of offense on average to their FBS opponents. Of course, injuries did play a big part, I feel like, in this season as linebacker Qaddafi Wright, defensive end Taylor Riggins, and defensive end Max Michelle all missed a considerable amount of time with injuries which did hurt them, especially down the stretch. However, UB also really struggled to generate any sort of turnovers uh, 
on the season as they had just three interceptions and seven fumble recoveries, just 10 turnovers in the entire season. I think one good thing the defense did this season was that they got after the quarterback and they averaged nearly three sacks per game against FBS opponents. So if you want to take a silver lining to you, the University at Buffalo Bulls defense, that could be your silver lining. The fact that they were still able to get after the quarterback, even though they had lost significant pieces on their defensive line and in their front seven. Offensively, the Bulls went with Kyle Van Treese as the starter. Again, I thought maybe when Mo Linguist came in, there would be a quarterback competition at least between Matt Myers and Kyle Van Treese as both guys kind of give you a little bit something different to see maybe who wins. When Lance Leipold was here, there was a quarterback competition between Matt Myers and Kyle Van Treese. And Matt Myers actually won that QB competition as a redshirt freshman. However, injuries sidelined him and Kyle Vantries took over and just never looked back. Now, while the Bulls threw the ball three more times per game, four more times per game this season than they did in previous seasons, Kyle Vantries's Yards per game actually regressed, going down to 186 yards per game from 189 yards per game. Now, if you are a college football fan, you know that that is absolutely pathetic as a quarterback in college football, 189 yards per game and not offering anything in ways of being able to be a dual threat quarterback. That's just something that you you know your offense is kind of sputtering when your quarterback is only giving you about 190 yards of passing offense per game. Keon Williams was UB's uh, one of UB's bright spots as he was Kyle Vantrese's favorite target, and he led the Bulls with 835 yards receiving on 64 catches, and the next closest person to him was Dominic Johnson, the converted wide receiver, the converted quarterback to wide receiver, who had 457 yards, uh, and it was just something that they could never figure out. Essentially, they could never get consistent play from their wide receivers. They could never get consistent separation from their wide receivers. And that also played in part to hinder the team offensively and get them in any sort of rhythm and or flow. Now, they did end up playing Matt Myers. They started Matt Myers the last two games. Fans clamored for Matt Myers all through the season as they seen the offense really struggling and really sputtering. However, Matt Myers did not fare that did not fare very well in his two starts. As in his two starts, he was just 34 of 62 for 350 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. However, one thing that Matt Myers adds that Kyle Van Treese does not is his ability to run the ball, and he carried the ball 27 times for 121 yards. And that is after him getting sacked seven times also, which, if you don't know, counts against rushing stats in college football. The bright spot at the quarterback position, however, is the fact that the UB Bulls currently have three three-star recruits on their bench waiting to get an opportunity to play. And Trevor, 
Biznicki, he's a .822 three-star quarterback. Casey Case, who's a .81 recruit from Florida. And uh, young man Brian Plummer, who is a .816 three-star recruit. However, the Bulls did also lose a commit by uh, Makai uh, Lynn, who was going, who was set to be their fourth best recruit in program history, and easily the highest quarterback ever recruited to the university at Buffalo, with a .8533 three-star recruit. This is all according to 247sports.com, of course. That is a huge loss going into the offseason as he could have potentially been a huge get for Maurice Linguist and potentially shore up that quarterback spot because it seems like it is a little bit in disarray for what the UB Bulls want to do offensively. And we just have it's a very much unknown heading into the offseason. Now, some bright spots on the season, however. You can look on the in the offense, the emergence of running back Dylan McDuffie, who ended up taking over the starting duties from Kevin Marks in this season. Kevin Marks just never looked to gain traction under Maurice Linguist, averaged under four yards a carry for almost the entire season, and just never really looked that good under this coaching staff, behind this offensive line. However, Dylan McDuffie came in, seized his opportunity, and was a far superior back running under this offense. He finished with 207 carries for 1,052 yards, and uh, 1,052 yards, 11 touchdowns, 14 receptions, 123 yards, and one touchdown through the air. So Dylan McDuffie had himself a fantastic season and he really emerged and started to come through as the UB Bulls go to running back as the season progressed. He had four games of over 100 yards rushing, including four of the last six games in which he went over 100 yards. Now on defense, the bright spot for the defense in this season was, of course, Star linebacker James Patterson, who recorded over 100 tackles for the first time in his UB career. He had 114 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, four sacks, and one interception. He had an absolutely fantastic season. Now remember, all of the seniors have an extra year of eligibility because of the COVID-shortened season. Will he choose to exercise it and come back to UB? Will he turn pro? I'm not sure. I bet he probably turns pro. Uh, However, you know, just fantastic person, fantastic guy, and a great player for the University at Buffalo amongst a lot of really talented linebackers that have started to come through the University of late. Now, while Maurice Linguist didn't have much time uh, to begin the year, the year ended on a four-game losing streak, and the team seemingly looked worse game by game by game, and that's something that you you did not want to see. Obviously, coming into the season, it was a rebuilding season, but you wanted to kind of go off on a positive note. You wanted to see the team progressively get better and better week by week by week to give you confidence heading into the offseason to potentially continue to build the program. However, that is not what happened 
under Maurice Linguist. And it is very, very clear that he has a ton of work to do this offseason, especially when it comes to recruiting. That's going to do it for this video, guys. Thank you for watching. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button. Hit that notification bell so you guys never miss a video. I talk Sabres, Bills, and UB Bulls, men's basketball and football right here on this page. Videos every single week, guys. Thank you for watching. Have a fantastic week.